welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. I'm Jermaine, aka Mr. Had Enough. <laughs> and I'm Dale. This is episode 45. Um, you can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. So this week we watch The Five Bloods by Spike Lee. Yep. Um, we can do an uh, I guess a rundown of what the movie is about and then maybe it'd be beneficial because there's a lot of stuff going on in this film if we talk about it like the themes first and then the presentation of how the movie was filmed um, and we can go into other stuff after that but yeah so the five bloods is a story of um a group of Viet- a group of black vietnam veterans who return not only to recover the body of their captain but to retrieve gold that they left there um this movie is like really heavy and not in a sense of the subject matter is heavy um the last couple years outside of I think um Black Klansman I have an issue with Spike's movies being too much mm-hmm. like it's like a the phrase I would use is too many cooks like there's too much stuff too many cooks in the kitchen yeah there's too much stuff going on in the movie for you to focus on it first it goes on you know the issues of uh, black soldiers then it pontificates on helping the community and then it goes with the repercussions then you have LeBron James's daddy monologuing to the camera and yeah and then the movie was like three hours long like I feel like a lot of the stuff they filmed and shot were unnecessary to the story that could have been reduced to condense or un- or just not have it, have it at all to be honest yeah, I agree with that. I agree. It did seem a little bit sporadic throughout the film, but I kind of understand what they were trying to do. They are trying to raise awareness on several different issues. But I feel like if you focus on maybe two of those issues and tell a story around that, it would be better. Um, throughout the, the film, you know, the Spike Lee style, they do a, like a, a rough cut of a historic piece or something like that. He had them in there, but I almost, when they popped up, I almost felt like I was watching an educational movie in school where they just kind of pop them up randomly and you're supposed to take notes. That's kind of how it felt. Um, I appreciated the notion, but at the same time, I felt like it could have been polished up just a little bit better than that. Yeah, I think the word to describe it is overstuffed. Um, there was so much stuff going on, like so much stuff. All important points. It was just everything, like everything you could possibly think of of what you wanted to talk about. He just put it in this film. Um, and it was so long. I had to like take breaks. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, I don't know. And also it was so heavy handed, like 
that I can't I can't do it I cannot do that I feel like whatever you're trying to say just show it don't tell us directly what's exactly happening because I feel like when filmmakers do that they're telling the audience they're not intelligent enough to pick up on the themes and I don't want to be insulted especially by you Spike Lee so I would rather you have just shown me what was going on instead of throwing a MAGA hat on top of a black man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't, I just wanted to know why he had to do that. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't necessary. Like, he didn't need to do that. It was kind of funny, though. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, that was kind of funny. It was so irritating. I hate that. I hate that more than anything. It's I, like you're spoon feeding me the information. Like, I don't, what is that? I, I really had no issue with uh, Delroy Lindo's character being like so like MAGA entrenched because there are black people like that and it was a good dichotomy over the rest of his friends and his son kind of like yo what do you what's up with you what are you doing it's not how we were like in the war but then like as the movie progressed and it got to finally the last 15 minutes you realize why he's like that is because it's part of his PSD, PTSD of killing his captain so and he has all this baggage of not admitting it but like the scene the one scenes I the scenes I hated the most were um the scene where you have the the Japanese propaganda and they're playing like all the soul music mm-hmm. and there's they tell them that Martin Luther King got shot there's a scene where it's just a wide shot of the four of them like saying oh we gotta kill Wadi now we gotta we gotta we gotta kill Wadi and they shoot their guns in the air and I was I like that I don't know the framing of that <laughs> shot was like so weird to me the the one thing I will say I did enjoy the most though was the fact that every time they had a flashback they weren't younger they were still their present day older selves yeah. which I think is a good illustration for PTSD because whenever whenever soldiers or whatever people deal, deal in those situations it takes them right back to that moment instantaneously like wherever they're at so I did think that was a good artistic choice of you know pulling them out of their current moment and transplant them transplanting them into their memories also keeping them the same you know oh yeah those flashbacks were probably one of the best parts of the movie in my opinion just how um, artistically they did them um, I've been a fan of the changing uh aspect ratio and I feel like they did it very well in this because all of the old Vietnam footage that you see is in 4.3 and they managed to capture the, the grain and look of how it was filmed back then. Plus the whole factor of what you were saying with um, them being their same age in there I'm like okay I'm happy that they didn't go with the whole um, let's de-age them or use other actor, different actors just to sell the point of their PTSD being so real and present in their lives as they are um, looking for the gold. But the one thing I didn't like about the um, the flashbacks were the uh, was the score. I felt like the music did not match the action. But I understand what they were doing with it. They were trying to make it like kind of like um, like a History Channel war documentary, where they have like the like the classical 
war type music under it. Side of Valkyries. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know. I felt like it didn't flow. They could have shown something play, better. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got what they were doing because in the opening scene where they're, not opening scene, but the scene where they're dancing in the club, there's an Apocalypse Now poster. Right. And every time they flash back to the war, they play that song, which is known for being an Apocalypse Now. Um, I Like you said with the 3-4, I do like his the use of it as another way to illustrate their PTSD, their claustrophobic. Like you saw moments where Joe or Lindo, he would rant or he would panic and the frame would just shrink. Mm-hmm. And then when he relaxed, it would expand again to show that that box of emotion that he's in. So there are like a good, a, a lot of good artistic qualities in this movie, but it's just, there was too much stuff in it. Like as far as content that he wanted to discuss in the movie. It yeah. was kind of like our grandpa at the um, the cookout just saying, hey man, eat this, eat this, eat this. This is going to go cold. Eat this too. You know what I'm saying? But you already full. Yeah, I feel I was going to make a similar point, but not about that. I was going to say those guys seemed like your uncles at the family cookout, who I know I would person I personally um, avoid because <laughs> you trapped in conversation with them and then the, you will not leave that table until it's dark outside and everyone's about to go home. Like, I, I just, you know, you know. And, um, but I like that he did, he did like three different aspect ratios. Like, he did the standard one, which you would see in a movie theater, and then he would do the box one, and then he did like a full screen one when they were doing action scenes. Um, I think when, when not in the present day, not when they went back, it wasn't a flashback, it was a present day where they did like a flat screen and the, the, the quality is so crisp, you can see everything. Um, it's highly stylized, which is a spike thing. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that aspect of this movie is that it looked really good and it felt I don't know. It felt like it had a lot of artistic integrity. But as we're all seeing, there is just too much stuff in there. And I liked... My favorite part of the movie was um, Paul's son, who's Jonathan Majors, I think. He was in um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He's a really good actor, and he was my favorite part of the movie. He's just, he was so hilarious. And when they were on that boat and he was trying to grab the sneakers, that <laughs> had me dead. Like, I was screaming when that happened. That was my favorite part. Um, yeah, I like that he was just like a teacher, like <laughs> teaching African-American history, just trying to do his bit. Like, I really respected that, and I think he's really talented. Other than that, though, I mean, I like Chad Chadwick as well. I feel like Chadwick is always, like, the good guy in the film. I'm kind of waiting for him to do something a little crazy. Like, I was just no. a fan, and I was just like, you're, you're a Black Panther. Like, I can't. I just wanted him to say Wakanda forever, and it didn't come out. <sighs> That's what I was going that- I I felt like I heard bits and pieces of his um that accent, James right? Brown. No, I heard the James Brown accent. That's what I heard. I heard bits and pieces of his James Brown accent leak out, and I was like, oh, he just won't, he's gonna say, oh, seventies. All right, James Brown, and just roll with it. All right, Chadwick. <laughs> I, I thought this was one of his better roles, if you ask me. 
Yeah, I thought he was really good in this. He was very expressive. He wasn't in it long, but the parts he was in, they were good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, like this is like we're trying to give reparations back to black people that French woman was trying to like clear her conscience by making that group that canceled landmines and then talking about all the mixed Asian and American children and the discrimination they faced with that other dude and his prostitute lady and their child and there was I mean like there was so much stuff that he was trying to get across and I was like yo (laughs) you need to calm down or make another movie like (laughs) we didn't need to do this he could have made it a series like he didn't have to do this but isn't he still a teacher he probably wanted to put all of his stuff in one movie so he can go back to being a professor (laughs) I think the timing of this movie is perfect I don't I mean obviously he couldn't have any foresight to know what would be happening right now would happen as he dropped this film but like I feel like couldn't have been better timing honestly for this film um, if they shot it looking at it I think they shot it last this time last year is mm-hmm. when they shot it so I do think I do think with what's going on culturally the last couple months I do think before Netflix released it he did kind of you know hey I want to add some extra stuff in there that's relevant you know to the movie still that's going on currently you know but still he didn't have no yeah yeah so so what are we rating this Spike Lee joint I rate it a good 7 out of 10 um, I would I always think about if I would watch it again I think I would watch it again but it wouldn't be at, in my own choice it would be something maybe if it's playing on BET and I'm doing something I'd probably I'd be like oh the five bloods and then I'd probably put it on there while I'm doing other stuff but like other than that, it was a very, very good looking movie. I think the cinematography was excellent. So um, yeah. I give it a certain amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it the same score. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel like I, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't relate to this movie as much as I wanted to because I don't know. I just, the experiences, I just, I've never, I've never, obviously I've never experienced, but also I haven't like spoken with people who have personally been in the Vietnam War and has experienced that. So I don't know. I didn't feel I, I can relate to it as much as I related to Black Klansmen. I don't know why, but maybe because that feels a like closer history, even though, yeah. It feels, like history, it feels like history that I actually know versus like history that I'm not really sure about because I haven't studied it that much. So maybe that's just on my part. I need to go back and do research on the Vietnam War and stuff. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think with I think with with Black Klansmen, it's more so of um, uh, how should I describe it? 
it's still more, it's more relatable in a way because you can kind of understand that experience mm-hmm. whereas you can't experience being a black soldier overseas during that time yeah. period like yeah. I can understand yeah. you know black clansmen being here in this country during that time period because right now we currently kind of mimic the same right. situations yeah, exactly. but I can't understand being in that situation and also being sent overseas to yeah. fight and kill people so yeah, exactly. but um for me artistically beautiful beautiful um I'm gonna give this like a f- mm, 5.8. Whoa, you're going. Honestly. Man, I think you read this movie more than any of them. It goes back to it goes back to it being too much. That's the thing. Yeah. It's is if it was a more streamlined film, maybe. But it just hops and skips and jumps from different thought points and yeah I can't, can't hmm. the only thing that saved me watching that movie was Del- Delroy Lindo being being super MAGA for some reason for some reason I thought that was funny and I just wanted to see what he was do- going to do next and when he was going to snap on people and that was the only thing that kept me into the movie because yeah yeah he was a mess well he, he had a lot he had a lot of issues <laughs> I'll just say that he had he was a broken man <laughs> well, shout out to him his performance was pretty good that's probably one of the best performances I've seen him do <laughs> I mean my other my other memory of him is Romeo must die and then he's like dads and cops in various situations looking confused so I give him props for this movie he always film film always acts that moral ambiguity in a way right. in his movies mm-hmm. right yeah okay well that's the five buds um i would recommend just go watch it anyway <laughs> it's very educational so okay the next movie we watched is alien directed by who ridley scott 1979 ridley scott ridley scott the movie that inspired so many so many things good <laughs> Alien. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess aliens about after a space merchant vessel um, receives an unknown transmission from a de- distress call, one of the crew is attacked by a mysterious life form, and they soon realize the cycle has merely just begun. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say that I loved this film? Can I just? Y'all can talk, but I'm just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> oh no, it's 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 like when we spoke about um, it's one of those pillars, cinematic pillars. Yeah. Like when we talk about Star Wars, when yeah. we talk about um, Blade Runner, it's one of those films. Because for the longest, what sci-fi horror movies, the like the monsters were really weak. Either they were nondescript blobs, or they were just poorly like rotoscoped and animated. Mm-hmm. Um the setting like it focused only in one area didn't jump a lot like setting it on a spaceship it really sold the claustrophobia of the situation because you can't really go anywhere else you stop either you kill this thing that's it you can't really run um and I think for a lot of uh, a lot of people um this movie was the first time we've seen a strong female lead a strong layered female lead you know with um so Gordon Weaver so yeah it's it's yeah 
Yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good movie. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, uh, just the set design was amazing. I was very mm-hmm. impressed with this Beautiful. set design. Um, even the special effects too. Um, up until the point where the alien popped out of the man's chest, but <laughs> that was still that's still like an iconic moment. Yeah, you know. Yes. Um, you thought the man was funny, and then the thing popped out his chest. I'm like, oh man, mm. that was. There were so many good points in this movie. Yeah, I. I love I I really loved this movie because <laughs> I love sci-fi so much but I really love this movie because so many things drew from this film as well like not even like obviously the trilogies or you know the other movies that came out of this but other sci-fi movies took a lot from this film so it is like you said a pillar of like that genre but what I love the most is that the writer of this film, he didn't give any gender to any of the characters. So the fact that um, Sigourney Weaver's character was just, was a woman, was almost like, it was like a non, it wasn't even a thought. It was just like, anyone could play this part, which I love. And I wish that more people wrote like that because then it doesn't have to be defined as like, oh, you're a strong woman or you're a strong man or whatever. It's just like, you're just a person. <laughs> and I really, really respected that. And for them to think about that in the 70s was really dope. Yeah. Did we lose yeah, there, there was a movie, I remember watching it with my friend, like you were talking about how it influenced other movies. The movie was called Leviathan. It's literally almost the same premise, but like underwater. And there's a monster like that's in the aquatic base and the people can't leave. And the only time I reacted was when this guy just jumped down off a catwalk. So they were like, because of this movie, there are a lot of imitators and poorly done imitators as well. I'm just telling you, when you escape the ship and then you see the alien in your ship that you're trying to escape, that's that's some type of level of feeling right there. They did a good job there. Um, The crew was kind of annoying. Like, I was prepared for them to die. Like, I didn't care if they died or not. Is that bad? No. Oh, but also the other guys, the the doctor was an alien. No, he was a robot. He was a robot, robot, yeah. Which is crazy, because when I was watching Prometheus, which is like the... Prequel. The prequel, right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, David is, 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 a, is a robot, but I didn't know that that was from, that it had its origins in this movie. I thought that it, like, they just created that as like, a separate thing for those movies. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, also, why wasn't anyone wearing any protective gear when they were messing around with that alien? Because it was the 70s. They didn't think of that. They didn't wear no gloves. They didn't wear masks. They did not wear eye goggles. They were just messing around with it with their bare hands. I'm like, you guys don't know what this is. What's going on here? Because their job, first and foremost, their job is to kill it so it doesn't go to Earth. That was a priority. That twist really had me when they they were like, it's not about y'all. We don't care if y'all die. It's about this. I was like, whoa. How do you not care about the people on the crew? Like... (laughs) 
that's the thing. That's the thing. If you watch, like, if you watch it without knowing that there are other movies, like, it's just open ambiguity. Like, oh, it's fine. They knew about the alien. That's what we're going to take care of it. But now when you watch Prometheus, you say, oh, they know about the aliens from their first encounter, so now they want to capture one. Mm. So it kind of... Oh, okay. Builds, yeah, that does make sense. It kind of builds on the... Um, the story. Yeah. Um, I really... How did that alien get on her little getaway ship? How did he do it? It's like the mystery of the universe. I'll never know. Like, <laughs> how did he get on the ship? Yo, when she was like frantically trying to like override the system so the so the ship would blow up, I was tense. I was like, is she gonna be able to do it? Is time gonna run out? Is she gonna blow up as well? Like, <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna happen. Anyway, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with y'all. I actually when I so watching this movie, I accidentally typed aliens, so I spent like the first 15 minutes or so watching <laughs> watching the sequel. Oh. And I was like, I've seen this movie before. For. I've seen Alien, and this is not how it goes at all. Like I'm waiting for like the scene where like the alien pops out of the chest, and like something's wrong. Like I'm I'm missing something, so I had to go back. And, like oh, I put an S in. That's why. I so. love that when he pop, when it pops out. It's like you can hear his bones break open. Yeah. I was like, ooh, the sound design. Everything was just really good for for the time period. Mm-hmm. Props to everyone who did who was like a part of making that happen because. It was very good. I, I miss physical effects. Yeah, it feels more natural for some reason. Well, I mean, minus that animatronic um, puppet, though. But I know we've come oh. a long way. But animatronics have gotten better, and even if, like, That's look what at I'm Jurassic saying. Park, they used animatronics and the way they they filmed it in the eye with in with that in mind, like we got to film in a certain way so it's not obvious that they're animatronics. So. Exactly, but that's twenty years later. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So I I still appreciated it. I appreciated. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was cool. <laughs> also, like, how did they know that he was gonna encounter one? Like the whole plan can like hinge on them bringing it back. But when they were out there, they were like, oh, we can't see anything. And they were complaining. So what if they just decided to turn around? Then what would have happened? I mean, the um, the, the android was the captain, so they would have stayed there and, and whatever. I mean, the whole plan, oh, if, you've, if you watch them again, if you if you watch Prometheus, no knowing that the plan was to get one, they would have probably just stayed there anyway till they found an egg or whatever, you know? Okay, yeah, no, you're right. So, I should have watched Prometheus before I watched this movie. <laughs> but I thought it, Prometheus was a sequel, not a prequel, so whatever. Um, but yeah, loved this film a lot and I I'm probably going to watch it again I don't know when though but I will so what are we rating this? oh 8 out of oh Jermaine go first I'm sorry same thing 8 out of 10 8 out of 10 yeah it was, it was good <laughs> I'm going to give it 8.5 just because I want to add that little kick <laughs> in there yeah I'm give it a B plus yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, so we're going to our what's trending segment. I feel like we should have like a little sound effect here. We're like, what's trending? <laughs> the um, Jeopardy Daily Double. Yeah. Do, 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 
<laughs> okay, so what's trending as of Monday? The Oscars have been delayed till April 2021. Yes. Um, in the midst of you know the COVID ep- epidemic, and especially since a lot of films have kind of stopped production, it makes sense um, mm-hmm. to do that. So usually. And they said, yeah, they're not going to take place February 28th. So it still give, so that also gives people more time to submit their movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the new window will be extended. The new submission window for eligibility will be extended to February 28th. So, um, so, but the issue they're dealing with now is ABC, because ABC does broadcast Oscars. So they're not sure on how the delay of the ongoing virus and how the mitigations of productions and his crews going back to work would impact the actual broadcast of it, you know. So they're also trying to think, do we change the way we actually broadcast movies as well to deal with this? Um, they were basically saying, like, they're not doing a virtual one, so everybody will have to come out <laughs> to yeah. LA to do this. Yeah. And I think by the time that this comes around, all of the issues about how it would actually be produced and um, broadcast would have been figured out, because now we have extra time to figure for the guidelines to be put into place of how we how they were they're able to do it safely. So I'm sure they'll figure that part out. But ooh, a spring Oscar. Can't wait for the looks. This is gonna be exciting. And also along with the Oscars, um the first movie that looks like it's to start to start filming will be Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. Um it's aiming to start filming in the UK around early July. Mm-hmm. So basically like the next two weeks. Um, but with the extra um, safety protocols um, going on, the production budget has been increased about five million more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, the original shooting schedule was four weeks, um, and then it went to. It was four weeks into the 20 week shooting process before filming suspended. Mm-hmm. So maybe in that time frame, the script has probably changed as well. So we don't know how long filming will actually take place with this movie. Um, they're going to test the crew before the start of production and at random intervals throughout the production process as well. Mm-hmm. And they're taking, they're going to have multiple um, temperature stations and everything. So it looks like they're, however, it looks like they're using this movie to kind of lay the groundwork on how the rest of the, the rest of the movie industry will go as far as filming. Yeah. And not just that, but also Tyler Perry himself is looking to start shooting again, especially yeah. his two shows for BET called Sisters and The Oval. Um, he's requested extra um, housing space, temporary housing, for his um for his studio I mean he has enough on site but he's asked he's asked for extra just in case so that way I guess in case somebody actually does get sick nobody's still in close proximity to them which Mm -hmm. I think is smart Um, so we'll see how that works out and also Tyler Perry is the only one who has his own studio with on site housing so yeah so no one's really going to be interacting with anybody outside the crew um I'm sorry to tell you, Cindy, but um, Tenet's been pushed back. 
Oh, I know. But it's only pushed back a yeah. few weeks. It's, still it coming push, a lot. it's been pushed back two so I'm weeks. Not in, I'm not crying yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's been pushed back to July 23rd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wonder Woman on uh, 1984 has been pushed back to October 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Zemeckis, um, his Witches movie is no longer being released on October 9th. And now it's going to be... It's, it's going to be an unknown date. Um, the Tom and Jerry movie is being pushed back to December twenty, from December twenty third to March of next year. Um, and Godzilla for his Hong Kong is moved from November to May, which also pushes back to Matrix, although to April first, twenty twenty two. Um, the only movie that's still ongoing to open early April early July would be Mulan and that's for the 24th and that's it so a lot of things are getting pushed back but also movie theaters are starting to open I don't know if I don't know about here but I know in the UK they're opening up in like early July so it we'll see what happens with that um and the UK has already been kind of opening up the studios for like smaller like for like television stuff and Pinewood was like the biggest one because obviously they do Disney movies and stuff so they were waiting to see like okay when when are you gonna do it so we can like figure out when everyone else is gonna start up again we don't know when the Batman is gonna start shooting again but I'm assuming it'll be soon I don't know um (laughs) yeah a lot of things are getting pushed back and moved around but also I've been seeing like people like start they're like filming music videos now so I'm like I'm guessing everyone's cool with what's happening I feel like everyone's kind of over the whole lockdown situation although the cases are still rising but I I feel like no one cares anymore (laughs) I think well the cases are rising because of everybody kind of just saying whatever on Memorial Weekend so I still I do think as these productions start we need to be cautious and aware of you know interaction and stuff like that so yeah well that was trending so let's talk about what we've been watching this week oh man I tried watching the Artemis Fowl movie so, <laughs> um Okay, so here's the thing. With with the Avatar movie, Avatar The Last Airbender, I couldn't make it past the opening titles mm-hmm. with uh, whoever's playing Katara, her monologue. I was like, I can't do this. Oh, no. I stopped watching. I could never make it past the opening sequence. With this movie, I tried watching a little further. And if you've... it's, I think it's an issue people have with adapting... Um, fan favorite young adult fiction like the only one that actually was accurately correct was Harry Potter for the most part because he also had the writer involved in the production with Percy Jackson they ruined it for the most part and with this I mean Percy Jackson was still good but it wasn't to the to the book you know um 
Kenneth Braugh said Kenneth Braugh decided he wanted to make changes to the book, to the script, because he's like, in the book, he starts out instantaneously as the first chapter. He, you know, as soon as the book opens, it's this little 12-year-old kid robbing a bank or a museum for paintings. And he was like, oh, you can't believe somebody's a villain instantaneously, so you want him to grow into it. And Kenneth Braugh really has this problem. If it's not Shakespeare-related, he can't function as a director. Wow. So I need him to not not delve out that realm. Like stick to like stick to those. That's your wheelhouse. Period pieces are you Kenneth Braugh. Don't don't flex out of that at all. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I was watching the um, main thing I was watching was Avatar: The Last Airbender cartoon. It's pretty pretty good stuff. Um, it was definitely a guilty pleasure because I came out like right before I came into college. I'm like, man, I'm too old to be watching cartoons, but this one was pretty good. Now I don't have any pride, so I don't care. <laughs> So, um, in addition to that is, uh, you know, same old stuff that actually I've been getting into Naked and Afraid. I don't know why. I just watch it on Sundays. And um, 90 Day Fiance ended up uh, finished. But there's a lot of stuff coming about coming out about the um, contestants with legal issues and felonies and all this stuff. These people are crazy out here. Apparently, Big Ed was convicted of date rape. Ninety-eight fiance is always a roller coaster. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And um, and what they like to do over there at TLC is make like spinoffs upon spinoffs upon spinoffs. So we're not gonna be seeing the end of that. I'll probably just have to stop watching eventually. Anyways, entertaining for the time being. Yeah. Um, I've I've written like a movie watch list that I want to like kind of go through. So I've been watching some pretty good films. I finally saw Ad Astra and it was beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Um, I don't know why it didn't get any of the hype that it deserved because it was excellent. Like it was a very moving and like visually stunning movie. Everything about it was incredible. Brad Pitt's like kind of my favorite actor. Now. Like I don't know, he's <laughs> there's something about him. Like I don't know, he he had, he had a comeback. Um, but also the guy who did the cinematography for that movie also did it for Interstellar, so it looked kind of similar. But it was excellent. It was an excellent film. Um, highly recommend. I also been watching a few documentaries. I watched one about the final year of Obama's administration um, from members from his staff. It was from like their point of view and then Obama was in it for like a little bit. And it was very insightful. It made me kind of want to be a politician, but I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> it, looked, it was very interesting to see how his cabinet dealt with his cabinet, his staff dealt with the fact that Donald Trump was about to be president. Like they were, in, they just didn't believe it until it happened, and they were like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" <laughs> Wait, y'all don't even got jobs now at this point. But anyway, um, 
documentary. I also watched a documentary called The Inventor, which is about some white woman in Palo Alto who created, who tried to like revamp, revamp the healthcare system with like a blood test. But she lied about everything because she couldn't do any of it. Like she couldn't, she couldn't actually make it happen. And people were like, if we don't tell the truth on this, a lot of people are going to get sick and they're not going to know, which is criminal, which is why I'm wondering, like, did she go to jail? I don't, I don't know. It didn't get to the point where there were actual, like, people getting the test, except for, like, in one area. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't administered, administered to the general public, so I guess, it, you know, it didn't get that far, but very interesting, very scary. Um, I'm kind of thinking that whole Palo Alto scene is very dangerous. I don't know. They're doing some stuff, stuff over there. Like, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not just there. I'm pretty sure it's all of them. They're all lying about something. I mean, Facebook is over there, right? Facebook, Google. Yeah, I don't trust them. Um, great documentaries, though. So I highly recommend those. And so yeah thank you for enjoying being with us guys hope you guys have had a wonderful week stay tuned for next week we'll be back again on all our same platforms same time same channel and whatnot au revoir (laughs) goodbye